Hello and welcome to the Wednesday program. Plenty for you here. We got golf, we got tennis, we got a little bit of volleyball. In fact, the whole second segment, we'll be talking to Jolene Shepherdson, the head volleyball coach. She'll be part of the Coach's Caravan First Stop tomorrow night at the Pepin Center. We will not be doing a Bulls Beat show tomorrow. We'll explain here shortly, but we'll tell you a little bit about what to expect tomorrow night. Also, we've got a recap of a victory for the baseball team against Florida A&M, as well as a preview of a big matchup for softball today in Gainesville. Again, I will not be making the trip up to call that game for you. You can watch it on SEC Network Plus if you'd like. It'll be a 6 o'clock game, but with an early start tomorrow to get on the road with baseball to Cincinnati, just would have been taking up essentially half of my day on a Wednesday. So we'll be watching, keeping an eye, of course, on that game. And you know what? I kind of anticipate a future broadcast with softball in Gainesville. Just have a feeling that they're going to play in the NCAA tournament. Well, I don't just have a feeling about that. I'm pretty certain they're going to be playing in the NCAA tournament, but that it would be in Gainesville again. The difference between this year and last year, I think, is the Bulls have no chance of playing the Gators in the first game. They will not be the fourth seed. They are a lot more solid than that. In fact, we'll talk more about softball here in a second, but the new top 25 rankings have the Bulls just outside the rankings, and guess what? If they win that game tonight, they will probably be in the rankings next week. But let's start off with women's golf, whose season came to an end. Unfortunately, had to win the American Athletic Conference Golf Tournament, and really just too much of a hill to overcome. But on day three, the third and final round, Erica Brennan's Bulls had the second-best score in the entire field. They were 13 over, which makes you go, okay, not a great round. But no one was even within five shots of that, except for the winner. Tulane, which shot a 7-over par and ended up beating the field with a 28-over par, obviously a difficult course in Pinehurst, North Carolina. So Tulane gets the automatic bid to the NCAA tournament. Houston actually led by a handful of shots coming into the final round, but UCF was even with them before you knew it, and the Cougars ended up shooting 22-over par in the final round. They did finish second, UCF third. And the Bulls finished fifth as a team, just one shot out of fourth place and comfortably ahead of the team behind them, Memphis, by eight shots. So really near a top four finish. And for a while, they were threatening to take the Warren I four points. If you didn't know, the Warren I four six points for men's and women's golf goes to whoever does better at the conference tournament. And the Bulls were actually within striking distance. Thanks to, well, several individuals, but the one we have to talk about, and of course we'll get to Melanie Green, who finished in the top 10 again, but we got to start off with the freshman, Leo, Leonor Maderos. She was the sixth golfer that came to Pinehurst, and so she was not in the starting lineup. If you're not familiar, you bring six, you start five, and of the five scores, you get to drop your worst score. Well, Leo did not play in the first two rounds. She was a sub for the final round. And get this, she shot a 200 par 70. Only two other golfers the entire tournament had a better score than what she turned in as a substitute. It's quite something. They started on the back nine. She bogeyed her first hole, but then she birdied the par 4 12th and the par 5 15th and the par 4 first. Only had one other bogey. And again, this was a course where even the winning team shot well over par as a team and was just sort of grinding through. So Leo Medeiros, as Erica Brennan says on GoUSFBulls.com, to come in and do what she did as a sub, just outstanding, as was, of course, Melanie Green. She bogeyed three of her first four holes but got it back on the front nine with a couple of birdies. 
turned in a three over par 75, even par on the front nine, which again was her last nine holes of the season. And that got her sixth place individually with a seven over par score. The individual honors went to Kennedy Pedigo of SMU at three over. So really, Green was not that far out of the first place finisher. For example, Toon Pidon of UCF, who was three shots ahead of everybody, ballooned to a 79 yesterday. And again, that's why UCF ended up, as you look at it, losing by seven shots. Their top player kind of went in the wrong direction while the Bulls was being steady in Melanie Green. So what does she do? End up being the all-time mark holder for the lowest scoring average in school history, the sophomore from New York, Melanie Green. Smiley, as they call her, 71 and a half, and 19 rounds of par or better also smashes the school record. The final round scores were rounded out by Morgan Baxendale, who will be moving along. Outstanding individual transferred in from Vanderbilt, was a big presence on the team. She shot a four over par, which was tied for her best round of the week, and also Juliana Camargo finished with an 80. So that's it for the season. Just really, if a couple things had gone their way, who knows if Leo would have been in the starting lineup. Yeah, you're thinking it. I'm saying it. If maybe they would have uh, gotten that top spot. But either way, it was an awesome story the way they finished things up in Pinehurst on Tuesday. Men's golf got a nice little note. We've been talking about Alvin Bergstrom forever now, and he deserves the hype. And now, of course, the next big event is huge, the conference tournament, which starts on Friday up in Brooksville. We'll preview it for you on Friday's show, but he's got something on the calendar now in Switzerland, July 1st through the 3rd. He will be taking part in the Arnold Palmer Cup as one of the international players, a USA team against an international team, 12 men and 12 women, and his scores put him among the top six international players. It's like the Ryder Cup, so that is going to be something we can keep an eye on. And a lot of the big names that you know in golf they have competed in this event, so outstanding stuff for Alvin. But again, their next big calendar item is, well, the conference tournament, and after that, hopefully, an NCAA regional. Speaking of conference tournaments, it begins today and hopefully continues for the women's team. They are the ninth seed, originally supposed to play this morning, but they've had to move things around, basically putting some matches indoors with wind earlier in the day in Tulsa. So instead of 9 o'clock, the women will be playing Temple, which is an 11-5 and team, but one that, simply put, didn't have quite the same schedule that the Bulls had. You look at their big winning streak that they put together during the course of the season, and St. Francis of Brooklyn, Siena, Monmouth, when they went up against FAU, it was a quick 4 nothing defeat. Beat teams like Morgan State and Binghamton. Now, they did beat their rival Villanova, but they did not play anyone in the conference, and they only played one ranked team all year until they went actually to Tulsa on Sunday, and that's by design, and they lost 6-1. to one. So they actually competed pretty well against Tulsa, even though Temple's schedule's not that strong. I have a feeling this will be a tight match, and it'll be at 4 o'clock on Wednesday afternoon. So we won't be doing a show tomorrow. Uh, we'll let you know how they do. In fact, hopefully let you know how they do against the UCF Knights in the quarterfinals because of the Bulls win Wednesday. They will indeed play UCF on Thursday. Just like Ashley Fisher said... Funny enough how those college coaches kind of know the inner workings of the rankings. Even though the Bulls, again, look like they should have been in line for the number three seed for the conference tournament. They indeed get the fourth seed and will play UCF again. That'll be tomorrow. It's funny, if you look at right now, as we're taping this on a Wednesday morning, the official ITA rankings on the website, 
Tulsa is ranked 49th and USF 40th. And they, the American Athletic Conference, are hands-off when it comes to seeding the conference tournament. They just go in order by the ITA rankings. But obviously, they have looked at the updated projected rankings that we don't have quite the inside knowledge. That is until I learned about something called collegetennisranks.com. If you head there, collegetennisranks.com, they have the projected rankings. And this is obviously what has been used to go with the actual seedings for the conference tournament. With their win against a top 20 Middle Tennessee State and their loss to a very good SMU team on Monday, which is ranked in the top 25 now, that actually moved Tulsa up from 49 in the last rankings to 39, just ahead of the Bulls, who actually dropped a spot, even though they beat UCF. And funny enough, the Knights moved up by losing to the Bulls. They moved up to 44. So that's going to be more than a little intriguing tomorrow. You would have just not been surprised and frankly expected a three-seed, which would have worked out for many reasons. First of all, you avoid being on top-seeded SMU's half of the bracket. Secondly, you would match up with an easier first-round opponent. Thirdly, you would get to play Memphis in the semifinals, a team you haven't even played this year. So it was all going to work out perfectly, except for the fact that the conference is going straight by the computer rankings instead of head-to-head factoring in. Clearly, the Bulls should be the three seed, but the computer has Tulsa just being better than the Bulls, even though the Bulls just beat Tulsa in Tulsa two weekends ago. Naturally, it comes down to the overall body of work. You can't just pinpoint one game. By that stretch, you would have had the women's basketball team get a number one seed for the NCAA tournament because they beat Stanford. It doesn't work that way. I realize it can't always just go down to one head-to-head match, but in this case, I don't know. If I'm the conference, I'm saying, yeah, okay, you got to give that to the Bulls. Instead, they'll have to play UCF. It's not going to be easy. UCF will be motivated on a double level because they just lost to the Bulls, but they have to win the conference tournament. They are, even though they would, and I did the projected rankings thanks to this website, collegetennisranks.com, if they beat the Bulls, they would jump over them in the rankings, but they are below 500 and they can't get to 500, and you have to be at least 500 to get a net large, so the Bulls can officially end UCFC's and look at it that way. Either way, the winner has a tough semifinal draw against SMU. The Bulls went to Dallas this year and competed strongly against the Mustangs and just came up short. Now the Bulls have won the conference tournament all but twice since the American became a conference. Last year were the three seed and lost to top-seeded UCF in the final. A four seed is the lowest they've been, but again, it feels like they should be the three and certainly feels like they should be able to pull it off, but will not be an easy run in Tulsa. We'll talk about how they perform in Thursday's War on I-4 quarterfinal on the Friday show. Coming up next on this show, we'll recap baseball from last night, along with a preview of today's softball game, and we'll have a chat with Jolene Shepardson. Also remember, at the end of the hour, it's Around the American, a busy show. Ten minutes worth of good stuff coming your way at the end of the hour. But more Bulls beat next right here. <laughs> 